0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: All right, take your uh, Bible and turn to the book of Galatians. We are in the book of Galatians. Galatians in chapter 5. Some interesting verses through here. We're going to look in uh, verse 5 to verse 15. So if you'll look there in chapter 5, verse 5. And we're moving right along. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the word, or through the Lord, that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross cease. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. For, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Now this whole chapter here is elaborating on the previous chapter. The previous chapter was two children that were born. One flesh, one spirit. So then in chapter 5, you'll have a a verse that seems like it's kind of right dead in the middle. And that's verse 16 where it says, This I say walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is really the context of this fifth chapter, showing us why we should walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You and I need to understand that it's easier to understand these scriptures if you was picture two people in these scriptures. Uh, one is the flesh and one is the spirit. Uh, Flesh, just picture that, that's the lost man. And the spirit, well, that's the saved man. That's the one who trusted Christ as Savior. But just picture it as two different individuals, and then as you go through, you say, oh, that belongs here. Oh, that that belongs here. And it'll help you. So you see there in verse 19, verse 19 of this chapter, he says, now the works of the flesh are these. In other words, these are things that are produced because of of a sinful nature that everyone born into the world has. You and I have an old sinful nature. When we were born into the world, our flesh birth, we were lost and we have all these works of the flesh. And so laws are to try to keep us to, to refrain from committing these acts by having punishment that's greater than the enjoyment of committing the sin. Uh, that's why sometimes when we have children, we, um, when we have to chasten them or spank them, you want the spanking to hurt more than the enjoyment of doing the wrong. And sometimes that's a little on the difficult side. But it's the same way when a person is lost, what causes him to refrain from doing whatever he wants to do? Because You see there in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery. What's going to keep you from doing it? fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like, which I tell you before as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the flesh. The flesh birth is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. These are the things that come from his old sinful nature. So God is not going to allow that lost man into heaven with his old sinful nature because if God did, we would do there what we do here. Who knows? We may be up in heaven chasing the angels. God said, ah, and there's none of that stuff going on. Heaven is a perfect place. There can be no sinful nature in heaven. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, what did he do? He didn't change the first birth. Gave you the new birth, born of the Spirit. So your new birth is born of God, doesn't have a sinful nature. So what is the results of the... New birth. Well, look at verse 22. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. So it's showing you the contrast between the flesh, the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. But is there a law against bringing forth the works of the flesh? Yes. Is there a law that says you cannot love? No. You can do all of that you want. You can have all the joy you want. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. None of these are sinful. All those things up there in verse 19 and 20, well, that's, that's sinful. That's, that's wickedness. So he's saying there in verse 16, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you've got to have something that is stronger than the desires of the flesh. So the only thing that can help you to have victory over the flesh is a stronger desire that's, you know, in contrast to that. Well, that's your love for the Lord. Can I love God more than the lust of the flesh? And whichever one you love the most is one well, probably going to win. Now, we go back here to verse 5. In verse 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now look there in your notes, and you'll kind of get a little bit of an idea of what... Uh, we're talking about here. You'll notice that the um, opening line up there at the top. When love is hindered by law. Because he's going to say, well, what did hinder you? The law hindered them because they were told that, um, well, you've got to keep the law in order to be saved or to stay saved. You know, that's how is to be your principle of um, living your Christian life. is You've got to be under the law. Well, the law was for the lost man. The law was not made for the saved man. The law was. So the Christian doesn't have to be underneath the law because he's under the law of love. See, there is the law of Moses and there's the law of liberty or the law of Christ, which is the law of love. Now, what do you want motivating you in your life? Law or love? It's a choice. And so... When he makes a statement here, through the spirit we wait for the hope of righteousness, not by our works. Letter A there, hope means a joyful anticipation of a reality. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. That is a reality. But I'm waiting for that day to show up because the day hasn't actually hit yet. I haven't actually got there yet. I've been on my way because the Bible says we're strangers and pilgrims. Strangers, I'm away from home. Pilgrim, I'm on my way home. I've been going on my way home for almost 59 years. And so I'm waiting for that, but that day hasn't come. But how can I know that I'm going to be there? And it's a surety, it's a reality. It's because it was a gift. God gave it to me freely. See, the lost man who wants to go to heaven has to try to earn it. There's another way, and it's the only way, and that's for it to be given to him as a gift, free. So would you rather work your way to heaven or accept it as a free gift? Which would be the best way? Which would be the surest way? Which is the only way? When you take it freely. Because if it's free, I don't have to earn it. So now I can live for the Lord on a different level. You see, if I believe I have to earn my way to heaven, now I am under the law. I've got to perform. That destroys love. So, law hinders love. Love is hindered by the law. And so, here's people who trusted Christ as Savior, and they had a lot of love. And then here comes some Judaizers, and they gave them a big old dose of law. And now they don't love anymore. Because now they got to do what they got to do, because they have to do it. Before, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to Paul, he says, in chapter 3. But now, notice there at letter C. The law cannot give the hope of righteousness, because it depends on a man's performance. It is only found through the Spirit. So you have over here, here's the saved man. There's your, the Holy Spirit. Uh, here's that new birth. And over here you have the law... And you got works, and that's two different things. And if you keep it separated, you can just walk right through this chapter. But if you don't, it gets all kind of meshed together, and it's hard to discern. Now look at verse 6. Verse 6, where it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So when we're talking about what works and what doesn't work. They were trying to put them back under the law. They were telling them, you have to be circumcised to be saved. Well, if you will, if you look there in your notes, availeth means to have power. That means it accounts for something. Circumcision and uncircumcision are powerless to make one right with God. And so there's a couple of scriptures that I do want you to look at these scriptures because they are so important. Look in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. First Corinthians, chapter seven, look at verse eighteen and nineteen, and notice what these two verses are saying. In verse eighteen, is any man called being circumcised, let him not become uncircumcised. If any called in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. In other words, how were you when you got saved? If you had been circumcised, well, then don't uncircumcise. I don't know you're going to do that. And if you are, you know, don't seek circumcision if you haven't been. In other words, because it avails to nothing. The very next verse really explains this. See in verse 19, circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandment of God. In other words, if you're going to keep the law, then you'll have to be circumcised. So the lost man who wants to try to earn his way to heaven by his good deeds, well, if you're going to try to earn it, that means you've got to kind of keep the law, and you'll have to do that too because that was underneath the law. It was before the law, but it's also under the law and part of the law. And so this is why uh, why you're right here. Look into Romans in chapter 2. You're real close there. Just turn backwards to Romans in chapter 2, and look what he says. And this is Romans in chapter 2. And look what he says here in verse 25. In verse 25, For circumcision verily profiteth, which looks like a contradiction of over there in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians, but notice, For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But, if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. In other words, it doesn't count for anything. That's only if you can keep the law perfectly. And that's why he says in Galatians 3, in verse 11, you know, talking about in 10 and 11, uh, don't you know that you're under a curse unless you continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you're going to earn your way to heaven, well, then you've got to do everything. And you've got to do it perfectly because you can't make a mistake. You can't do any wrong. Now, would that cause you to love God or hate God because he made something impossible and you can't do it? So you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. Now, the next statement here. I want you to see this. But go back here to the book of um, Galatians in chapter 5. Back to Galatians in chapter 5. And there's a uh, a word that I want you to see because it uh, kind of expands on it a little bit. After everything we've said, you'll notice that you'll see this one word that's mentioned here. And that's in verse 6. The last part of verse 6. But faith worketh by, see that one little word? What is that word? Love. Faith worketh by love. Now, you'll notice the love there, but then in the next verse, it talks about truth. Because Jesus is love, and Jesus is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, if you want to love right, you have to believe right. You have to know doctrine. You have to know the truth. There are some churches that say we're not interested in doctrine because that causes divisions. We just want to love everybody. Well you can't love correctly if you don't believe correctly. You have to know what doctrine it is and God says there's a way to love. You have to love people according to truth. And some people they really don't know what the doctrines are in the word of God so they don't they don't love right because they don't believe right. And some people say, well, if you really love the Lord, well, you wouldn't do this and this and this and this and this. And at the same time, God said, if you do love me, keep my word. And there's some people say, well, I love the Lord, but they don't do anything for him. I love the Lord, but they never witness. I love the Lord, but they don't go to church. I love the Lord, but they don't read the Bible. They don't do anything God says, but they love the Lord. God says, no, you don't. So there's doctrine that you're supposed to know and love according to Truth. Now, we'll hit on that a little bit later, but I want you to see this word here. Now, notice also in verse 13. Look at verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by and here's that word again. You ought to circle it. Love, serve one another. Because see, there's the flesh. The flesh doesn't love. The flesh lusts And it fulfills the lust of the flesh. You want genuine, real love, then that's the love that comes from God. Now, get what he says here. In verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, as we go through here, you'll see that um, this word love is very potent, very powerful. Look there at letter B under verse 6. The work of faith. These are works that are done because of the faith that the believer has in God. For example, one works to give the gospel because he has faith that if that person believes, God will save him. The reason I have confidence in giving the gospel is because I know that if a person will believe it, God has to save him. God gave his word, and it's the truth, and he cannot lie. So I believe if I can get a person to trust Christ as Savior, God has to save him. And that doesn't matter who it is or what they have done. Now look at the next statement. One does the work of the ministry because he has faith that God is faithful to reward him. Do not we believe that whatever we're doing for the Lord here and now is going to pay off in eternity? Don't we believe that God is going to keep his word and he's going to reward us when we get to heaven because there's a judgment seat of Christ? Because that's the truth. And because that's the truth, we can trust the Lord and we go ahead and do what he says do because we know he loves us. And we know he wants to reward us. And he wants to give every man praise, honor and glory. Now, knowing truth is also things that can help us to do the things that we're supposed to do. When God says he is love, that means he hates sin. If God is love, then he can't do anything wrong. Love is the key between me and God, and love is the key between me and other people. Because, see, if if I love people like I'm supposed to, then, then I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. You see, people who no longer care about anybody else, they don't care if they're a stumbling block or not. They don't care if you fall. They don't worry about their testimony. They don't worry about their example in their life. Why? Because they don't love. They don't care. You ever hear a lot of Christians, I don't care about anything. Well, they, call it that they don't even love themselves. Because if you really loved yourself, don't you want the best for yourself? Well, if you don't want the best for yourself, what's the matter? You got a problem? <laughs> you sure do. But love is the key that makes everything else work. Now, down at the bottom, number two there, the work of faith is the work of love. You want to serve the Lord, then it's the work of love. Being a deacon in a church is supposed to be service, but it should be a work of love. Uh, singing in the choir, should that be a work of love? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And if you work in a one that should be a work of love. You work in ranch, that should be a work of love. In other words, everything that we do in a ministry should be a work of love. And labor of love. Because we love the Lord and we love doing what it takes to get the work done. God wants done. But if you don't love the Lord, then everything is just a job. It's drudgery. It's boredom. There's no value to it. And if I don't, who cares? It only affects a couple people. And God says, you haven't got up here yet. You haven't seen what I'm going to reward you with. You haven't seen what it's costing you. But if you love the Lord, you can take him at his word and believe him. So love works. Look at verse 7. You did run well. You did run well. That means that they did start off on the right foot. Well, it could have been their left foot, but probably it was their right foot. But anyway, they, they ran and they ran well. The problem was, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? See, running well is obeying truth. And if you don't know truth, you can't run well because you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get it done. You don't know how to get victory over the works of the flesh. You don't understand how this joy and love and peace and you don't know how all that works, where it comes from. That's because you walk in the spirit and you're going to get the results of that. You walk in the flesh, you're going to get the results of that. And you as a Christian has a choice and you can do both. I wrote this little uh, verse in here. You know, hinder uh, literally means to throw off course. Do you think the devil is doing whatever he can to throw you off course? Here you are, and you want to serve the Lord with all your heart? And then here comes the devil, and all of a he's going to knock you off course. And he'll even throw up a little rabbit. And you know what you do when you chase a rabbit? You don't catch that rabbit, because that rabbit's quick. And when you start running, it makes a cut. And then when you make that cut, go after he's going to cut again. The rabbit don't run a straight line and keep on going. He, he, he runs. That's why the dog can't hardly catch him. Because of those cuts he makes. The dog the dog can't stop. And gets you going in the wrong direction. So you need to be careful. But there's a verse that I put here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and uh, 4 and verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Don't you want it to be said at the end of your life that you fought a good fight? Now, you have the lust of the flesh, and the way you fight the lust of the flesh is by walking in the Spirit. In other words, get so busy doing what God wants you to do, you don't have time to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I have finished my course. I finished. In other words, I ran the race God wanted me to run. He says, you did run, but who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Because now they weren't obeying the truth anymore. And they weren't as happy as they used to be. Now they're going to be bickering and backbiting and devouring one another. That's what he says up there in that verse, uh, you know, 14 and 15. See verse 15? But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one another. In other words, you're just going to devour each other up. You're going to eat each other up. Christians against Christians. This isn't the lost people. This is believer against believer. In other words, when you start trying to live by the law, you become judgmental because, well, I'm, I, look what I'm doing, and you're not. So therefore, I am more spiritual and more godly than you are, and now you begin to point fingers, and next thing you know, you've got backbiting going on, and you just don't always see all of your sins, but they saw your sin And they can't wait to illuminate and magnify all the little dirt on your life. And you'd be surprised how many people in so many churches, their only goal is to find how much dirt they can find on another Christian and blow it out of proportion. You know the difference between a molehill and a big old mountain? Just more dirt. Just more dirt. And some people just want to find as much dirt as they can on people. Now, love doesn't work that way. Love covers a multitude of... um, What's that word? Sense? Yeah, yeah, y'all got it right. But see, hate doesn't. Hate means I want to hurt you. I want to expose you. I want to do all the wrong I can to you. And so you've got to understand that. Now, at letter B, I think you should underline this little statement here. In letter B, the gospel is not just the truth to be declared, but truth that governs our walk. You see, we want to expand on the truth of the gospel so people can hear it and know it. But it's also to be a way of life for us. It's to be our walk that we have in the Lord. Uh, Letter D, Peter, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 14, had, um, well, he, he was rebuked by the apostle Paul. But I... Got in little brackets there, you should underline it. He gave credibility to the legalistic Jews. In other words, whenever he separated himself from the church there at Antioch because the Jews that came down, because he was eating with the Gentiles, having a big pie, and everything was fine, and then in here comes these Jews. And he backed away because either they were right, and if they were right, then what he was doing was wrong. He was compromising the truth of the gospel. Because they say that you got to make those Gentiles, you got to turn them into Jews. you got to make them go into new Judaism and accept the law and be circumcised. And you don't eat with Gentiles. And so Peter compromised. Paul would stood him to the face. He says that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. So look down at letter B. Hindered by persuasion. In verse 8. Verse 8 in your Bible. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. In other words, God did not call you and save you by the hearing of the law, but by the hearing of faith. You put your faith in what Christ did, not the law in what you do. Total difference. One is salvation, and the other is condemnation. And so, um, letter B, who or what calls men to salvation? The gospel through Jesus Christ. Or is it the law through the Judaizers? It is... The gospel by the hearing of faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, we have an interesting little statement. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What in the world does that mean? My mama made a lot of biscuits. We were raised on biscuits. And she made big big old pans of biscuits. And I love biscuits. And we'd open them things up and it's piping hot. And you could put... Real butter. We never knew anything about margarine or that. It was real genuine butter. I used to sit there with that, that churn and churn. And then I'd pull that thing up there and there'd be some butter floating around on top of that thing. Real butter. And we'd put it on there. And then we'd put some jam. Blackberry jam. And then sometimes we would take some jam and some honey and butter and we'd mix it all together put it on that piping hot biscuit. Man, I tell you, you talk about something good. That is so good. But what causes them biscuits to rise? Mama would make a great big old thing and then she'd take off a little bit and she'd put it in there. And, whole and next thing you know, because you put yeast into the dough and it permeates all the dough. And so The yeast is like this leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. But you see, the yeast causes the dough to rise. So that's why a lot of preachers add a little works to their message because it rises the dough. (laughs) Now, this is why this is so important to understand. This is why he said, if you let this teaching, these legalistic Judaizers, put a little yeast into your doctrine, it's going to permeate all of your doctrine. You let a little of that yeast get in there, and it'll affect your walk with God, and it'll affect your whole walk with God. And you will be unstable in all of your ways. So he says, be on guard. Have you ever heard that
0: faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.